Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Thank you for joining us on The Change Artist, where we bring our listeners stories and great advice for leading and following through change from business leaders who are making a difference in their organizations. Here on The Change Artist, our motto is, if change is the only constant in life, then let's do it better. And this season, we're focusing specifically on psychological safety. What is it? How do we create it? And how do we help build change resiliency on our teams and in our organizations? So let's jump right in. Nicole, how do you define the term psychological safety when it comes to the workplace? Well, first of all, I think that safety in this case means that I can speak my mind. I can practice truth-telling, honesty, and candor. I am able to explore things, be curious, and use my brain to its full potential. Uh, I'm not put in a box, put down, pushed back, uh, you know, held to a certain standard or something, that I can really use my brain to its utmost and its highest. Oh, I really like that. And I want to dig into that. Now, for those of you who don't know her, Nicole Greer is the founder of Vibrant Culture Consulting, and she's on a mission to help organizations build a vibrant culture. You know, there's lots of research that shows that people who are engaged in work, people who feel invested in the mission, invested in the way their work plugs into that mission and drives that mission forward, that these are people who are not only less likely to resign, but they're also much more productive. If we think about a vibrant culture and the underpinning of a vibrant culture being that enthusiasm, that commitment, that bringing your heart to the environment, how do we think about creating an environment where that behavior is celebrated, fostered, encouraged, and grown? Yeah. So I talk about everybody getting lit and I'm not talking about like Friday night going out. I'm talking about like having your heart turned on or the fire inside you stoked. And so I think the first thing that we need to do to build a vibrant culture and also going back to your original question, you know, is this idea of psychological safety is I will feel much more safe. I will feel much more centered, grounded, sure, certain all of those things, if whoever is in charge of the company is doing L in lit, which is leading with clarity. So many of us get up every day and we go to work and we sit down at our desk and we do our J-O-B. We are doing what the job description says. We are good at it. We're probably highly efficient at what the job is. But a lot of times it's not connected to like, where are we going? What is this company becoming? What does the future look like? What's my career path? right? So I'm doing this job really great right now. How do I know what my next thing is, right? So people feel better. They feel safer if they know they're working for a company that knows where it's going. So <laughs> leaders have to be very good at casting a vision, right? We all talk about vision. We all talk about mission. We all talk about core values. But honest to God, at the places I go, not many leaders are really using those tools the way they need to use them, which is constantly, incessantly speaking about the future and where we're going. And I don't know about you, but like I've worked for bosses that said, just sit there and do your job and don't speak unless you're spoken to kind of thing. I like how your parents treated you sometimes, but I've worked for one boss in my whole career. All right. Now I work for myself. And so I've got a vision, but I worked for a bo my boss, uh, John Gray. He ran Summit Properties. And he told us all the time where we were going, how we were going to get there, what my part in it was, what my future might hold. I was in, I was lit. I was ready to go. 
so it, it was exciting. And I think that leaders need to make the workplace exciting, but it all trickles from the top. I mean, the, the, the person in charge has to be casting that vision. So I think the first thing is lead with clarity. So get the vision, tell us where we're going. And then individually, what's Nicole's next thing? Where's she going? I love that idea of, of leading from the top and leading with clarity beyond clarity, right? Walk me through the other, the I and the T there unlit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the first thing is clarity. This is where we're going. So I feel safe. Oh, that sounds like a very exciting, wonderful future. All right. Now the I is integrating integrity. So don't miss that both of those words are very similar, integrating integrity. Now, uh, here's the thing about integrity, Alyssa, is that everybody thinks they got it, but I'm here to, don't be mad at me, everybody. But uh, integrity is not a permanent condition. Let me just tell you, okay? Integrity comes and goes. And integrity is the quality of your character. So one of the tools that I use in my Build a Vibrant Culture Toolbox is this assessment called the TILT. And the tilt is a little bit different from uh, many of the other personality assessments that are out there. And I love all of them. In fact, I'm certified in like the Myers-Briggs, the DIX, the PEP, I mean, the ALP. I got them all in my toolbox, okay? Here's the thing about the tilt that I absolutely adore is that it says, here's your hardwired personality. Now, I bet you some of you listeners, and I bet you, I know for a fact that Alyssa has taken assessments and said, you're this kind of person. And I love that stuff because a lot of times it's the first time people kind of go, oh, oh, I am like that, right? Now, here's the thing about those personality assessments is they'll say, oh, you, let's just use the Myers-Briggs because that's widely and wildly known by a lot of people. So Nicole Greer is an ENTJ. First of all, what does that mean? It, it, the little moniker for that is leader. So that's fantastic. Nicole is a leader. Now, when you get your Myers-Briggs report, the first like 18 pages is like, oh, you're an extrovert, you're intuitive, you know, you 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 think through things in a way that's, you know, very like one, two, three, you know, um, and you assess a situation very quickly and you go into action. Okay, well, that all sounds fantastic on the surface, but if you go to the last pages of the report, it says, hey, be careful. You can get ugly and you can do bad things with all of this energy and all of this leadership, right? So be careful. And I, that's where integrity comes in. Because if you think about it, you know, Nicole Greer has a little personality, but it's the quality of the character that she puts around the personality and how she manages her little personality is, is really where the rubber meets the road. So I'm going to go back to your original question, psychological safety. So if it was work for me and I was a leader with integrity and I did what I said I was going to do and I was resilient, inspirational, yet courageous and challenging her and at the same time working from a position of wisdom and consistency and then had this humanity where I was trustworthy and likable and I cared about my employees. If I had, if I was operating on all that, which is, I essentially just told you the tilt model, then Alyssa can have psychological safety. Cause she says to herself when she gets, gets up in the morning, I'm going to work with Nicole. She's a really good gal. And that makes me feel safe. Now, if your boss is blunt, doesn't talk to you, is short with you, never meets with you, never coaches you, never whatever, and gives you a 2% raise and says, we're not making any money. So, you know, get in there and work hard. Th that's a lack of integrity. There's no integrated integrity there. 
that person is not trying to develop her, deal with her, grow her, grow the company. Everything's depressing, you know. So there's no integrity. So that's the I. So what what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, one question that comes to mind is right, how does how does the I scale, right? How does psychological safety and the experience of integrity differ when we're talking about one-on-one relationships, as opposed to when we're talking about our experience of our team as a whole, or maybe even our organization as a whole? Integrity has to be something that we're talking about um, inside the company all the time. And um, I, I want to do a quick bunny trail. So when my children were in elementary school and we had a governor here in North Carolina who instilled this program in the elementary schools and it was called Character Kids. And so the governor had all the little elementary schools and I think the middle schools participated too. They were given a kit that was put together by the governor and it said, you know, in the month of September for, you know, first month of school, the character trait is going to be generosity. And then for October, it's this and on and on. And so there was like generosity and courage and all these wonderful character traits. So the teacher would open up the month and say, children, this month, we're going to work on generosity. And so she would explain it. She would define it. They would put, they had a whole set of books that were read to the elementary children about generosity. And at the end of the month, the teacher chose a child who expressed and demonstrated amazing generosity. And that was done all the way through May and June when they were out of school. Oh my gosh, my kids came home from school and they're like, how can I be more generous, mom? I want to win this prize, you know? And they would get, I forget what they got. I think they got like, I don't know, like a little plaque or something that said they were the kid and the picture got put in the front of the school or whatever. And I thought to myself, we should do this at work. And that's what I mean by integrating integrity. That's how you do it culturally as is, is you start to talk about it, tell stories about it, like, or you could read a children's book to adults. I don't know, but you could talk to them about what it means to be generous or supportive or whatever it is. And my suggestion would be, you know, look around your organization. What are the character traits we need to be working on? And let's pick some. And again, somebody's got to do this work. Who's going to do it? You know, so it's got to be come from the top. Then the leaders at all levels need to talk about it. A lot of times they have employee of the month. I mean, what's that based on? So I would dial it in a little bit more. And here's what I know. Back to your original question. If I am in an organization where character development and integrity is emphasized, that feels very safe to me. I'm like, I work with such good people. It's safe here this right. Tell me now about the T. So we've been through leading with clarity. We've been through integrating integrity. What's the T on lit? Yeah. So the T is, is to transcend the ordinary. So again, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how exciting our workplaces are. And I don't mean you need to throw a party and have, you know, like all sorts of crazy confetti thrown or whatever. But like there's a true, not a trumped up, but a true energy or love for the work that we're doing all day long. You're on the feeling scale, right? You're somewhere on there. And as a leader, you need to realize your people are somewhere on this feeling scale. And so at the top of the feeling scale is this feeling called euphoria. If you can create a culture like where you can go and experiment, you can, uh, as you know, the old saying, you can fail forward, that creates psychological safety. And again, I, I think that 
depending on the where you work, the environment you're in, they want you sometimes to just do the ordinary. Like I was saying earlier, just sit at your desk and do your J-O-B and we'll let you know if we need anything else. <laughs> so, you know, that's not a vibrant culture. But if somebody is challenging you all the time or taking you through learning curves, you build up the uh, muscle to go through lots of learning curves because really what we want is people who are dying to learn, dying to experiment, dying to risk. So at the top of the feeling scale is euphoria. Now at the bottom of the feeling scale, and this is very serious, is the feeling of suicide. Like I'll say that in a group, but like in one of these keynotes and people like will laugh a little bit. And I'm like, this is not a joke. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know when it was, was it like a month or so ago that Miss America jumped out of a window in New York city. Did y'all hear about this? Now, if she's having a bad life, wow. There were a lot of very positive things in her life, but gosh, what would throw her out the window? Right. I mean, think about it. So back to psychological safety. I mean, the, the leader's job is to take people up the feeling scale because when people, and here's where, okay. So Alyssa, if you're having a good day, do you work better? I do. Me too. So if I'm like, this is fun. I love the people I work with. We get a whole lot more done. Now, if I work next to George and Bob over here and Susan, and they're like real curmudgeons and not fun. And I've been told, you know, no, you can't have a raise. Uh, just do your job and shut up. I'm doing the minimum today. I promise. So we got to help people transcend the ordinary. And that the way we do that is by a lot of performance management, having clear career paths, okay? And even people who want to be steady eddies have to grow. I mean, that needs to be a message in your onboarding, your recruiting, your job placement ads, whatever you're doing. But we're moving people to a place where uh, if you're with us, we're going to grow. I like this idea of the contagion of feeling and the contagion of safety, right? These are absolutely things that are based in a group setting. We catch it from each other. We reinforce it for each other. You can come in with a good attitude and find yourself just sinking when you walk in the door because that energy is so low. And so it really is so important to bring that energy with you and to bolster others. Right. This idea of psychological safety being a community responsibility. So how do we think about, and you mentioned risk, how do we think about trying new things? How do we think about attitudes toward risk in a vibrant culture? I'm going to use the learning curve because that's the biggest risk is to try stuff. Okay. That may, when we talk about risk, the major risk that I'm taking is just to grow myself. And, and I, a lot of times when I'm training people, I'll be like, okay, y'all are here for training. So that means that you may not know everything I'm, I'm about to share. And so I'm going to have you try it on. I'm going to have you work with these concepts. And so it will be this very strange thing called messy. All right. I'm giving full permission to everybody to be messy today in our training. So sometimes I'll teach listening or I'll teach asking powerful questions or I'll teach communication skills or whatever, uh, emotional intelligence, various sundry subjects that all companies need. And so people come to training and they're like, I don't want to look stupid. Well, you're not going to look stupid, but you may look messy until you get a grip on what's going on. So if you think about a learning curve, you're at a certain level today, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, uh, physical, social, and financial. That's all you got. You got these six energies, right? And you want to grow them. 
you want to have more muscle. So the easy one to think about is physical, right? Like, so if Nicole Greer gets in the gym every single day and pumps iron, she's going to get very strong. And it's the same thing in all these other areas, but you got to go in there and you got to sweat. You got to figure out how to do the stuff. You got to learn how to use the gym machines or whatever. And it's the same thing at work. But here's the thing. When you learn something new, at first, you go against the grain. You're doing something you've never done before. You know, people's egos pop up and they don't want to, again, don't want to look stupid. Uh, It's what Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, calls a fixed mindset. And so they don't want to work. They don't want to do that. Right now, I'm all about being messy. I invite people to be messy. I give them permission to be messy. A vibrant culture is people going, oh, my God, I made a mess, but I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to clean it up. You know, and, and don't do this because I figured out how not to do it. You know, that's part of the solution. Right. So eventually people go against the grain. And then, you know, that old proverbial, oh, the light bulb just went off over my head. That's what happens to people. One day they wake up and they go, oh, I get it. I know how to do it. You know, like the new software I mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, oh my God, I don't want to change the software. I just figured this one out. Well, eventually if you just get in there and play with it before long, you'll be able to talk on the phone, sip your coffee and do the computer all at the same time. Your, your muscle memory will take over. Right. And then you start operating, you go against the grain, but then you bounce out and you start operating at a much higher level. Right. And so that's how you trans again, transcend the ordinary. That's how you take risks. And learning is probably the biggest risk for folks. What is one thing listeners can do to move the needle on psychological safety in their own teams and organizations? Oh, only one thing. Just one thing, Nicole. One thing. Okay. All right. So I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, do some emotional intelligence training. It's how, it's how you feel about things and how you feel about others. You got to really examine that. Perfect. Well, thank you, Nicole. I know I've learned a lot today and I'm sure our listeners have as well. If our listeners want to connect with you directly, what else can they do? Yeah, go, go on LinkedIn, join me there. Just look for Nicole Greer, build a vibrant culture, type that into the little search box. I'll pop right up. I'd love to connect with you there. And then you can also go to www.vibrantcoaching.com. You could sign up to be on our uh, list. I also have a podcast called Build a Vibrant Culture. And guess who was a guest on my podcast? Miss Alyssa Cox. And so you can go over there and listen to all her genius that she downloaded on my podcast. And we also send out every two weeks, we send out a message that has a really great teaching on the end of it. And also uh, our latest guests who've been on the podcast. So lots of good information, totally for free. Perfect. And we will be sure to include those links in the show notes. Nicole, I really appreciate your time and your perspective here. Hopefully our listeners can take your advice and apply it to their own teams and organizations. Now, if any of our listeners would like to bring these kinds of conversations to their own organizations, they can visit us at blueswiftconsulting.com to schedule an intro call. Thanks again, Nicole. You're welcome. Thank you so much.